All right. Have you ever had to have a difficult conversation with somebody that you loved? Never. Yeah. It's uh, for some some of us. Some of those conversations are have been uh, ones that we would remember for a lifetime because they have either gone very well or maybe they've not gone so well at all. When you're a parent and you're explaining to your children some life changes. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to do that yet. Um, maybe you've had lots of opportunities to do that, but that is an amazing experience that impacts your relationship with your children for a long time. And you have to be really careful that when you have that kind of a conversation, you are able to communicate love and grace and support in the midst of those very uh, difficult changes, conversations that you would have in life. Things like... Your mom is sick, and she's not going to get better. Or things like, I'm losing my job, and we're going to have to tighten the reins for a while. Or things like, if we lived in other countries, things like, there are, there's persecution going on around us because we're Christians, and you might lose your dad for a while, or forever. And you might be in jeopardy when you go to school. These kinds of conversations, I can't even imagine that level of conversation that is happening all around, uh, around the world, but in specific places where there's persecution, religious persecution on Christians like never uh, before in our lifetimes. And when you have these conversations, uh, you always want to be really careful that you communicate in grace, you communicate in love, you communicate support, but at the same time, you want to be really careful, and, and I know you know this, that when you're having those conversations, you're looking for how are they responding? What, what's in their eyes? How are, they, how are they receiving the information that we have to give? And so what I want to ask you this morning, you're probably thinking, where in the world are we going with Daniel with this kind of an introduction? Think about it this way. What would a loving parent communicate if you had to give difficult information to your children? We do everything we can to make sure that they understand we'll always be there, right? No matter what happens, I'm going to be here for you. We do everything that we can to make sure that it's going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. And we do everything we can. We provide them with every opportunity they can to have easy access to us through the hard times ahead. I remember when we moved to Illinois from Wisconsin. It's one of the most... Uh, there's certain points in your life that really stand out. This is one of the top three, if not the top one for me. We decided that the Lord was calling us here to Illinois and, and uh, we were following the Lord's uh, leading in this, uh, leaving a church that was very gracious to us, that we loved very much, that we grew with. My kids, it was the only church they knew. We were in Wisconsin at the same church for 10 years. And so we took these young kids, all under the age of 14 at the time, 11, 11 and younger. And we took them to, uh, we had a whole day with them. We, we scheduled, remember, we want we wanted to make sure that they received the news well. So we scheduled the whole day. We did fun stuff all day. And we ended up at the end of the day at Dairy Queen. <laughs> to this day, my kids do not like going to Dairy Queen. And you'll find out why in just a minute. As we as Beth and I were doing this, we knew the information we had to give them. And so the whole day, our hearts were like sinking to our shoes. But we wanted to make sure we had one fun, good day 
so we could prepare them up for what's coming up because we knew they'd take it hard. So we all ordered ice cream and it was a nice enough day. We sat around the table outside. You guys remember this, right? Sat around the table outside and we're all eating ice cream and I said, okay, your mom and I have something that we need to tell you. The Lord is calling us to leave the church that you grew up in and move to another state to serve in a different church. Now, up to that point in my life, I had read passages where it said weeping and gnashing of teeth, but I'd never actually experienced it until I was sitting around that table at Dairy Queen because at that point, it's like somebody turned on the, the waterworks, you know, the hose, and it was like, it was immediate disbelief, and then the waterworks came on, and it was just, they, I mean, they were tore up. Karis, uh, she was six at the time, something, I don't know, I'm guessing at this point, but she was really young. And I'd never seen somebody so distraught that they can't control their emotions. And for her, when she received this information, and everybody, including Beth and I, everybody's crying around the table, she broke out in laughter. She could not stop laughing. It's like, it's like all of these emotions flooded in and she didn't know how to process it. And so we're all, we're all just crying and she's like, she heard the funniest joke in the world. It was, it was a night I will never forget because it impacted my whole family in some powerful ways. It would change the course of our lives. And after we dried the tears and the ice cream melted, my kids looked at me and they said this. I said, how do you feel? What do you think? And they said, Daddy, if this is the way that the Lord's leading you and Mommy to go, then it would be worse for us to stay than, than to go. And I thought, wow, Beth's doing a great job of raising these kids. <laughs> Those kind of conversations you've probably had as well, and they're, they're difficult to have. In Daniel chapter 8, God has a difficult conversation with Daniel. Probably one of Daniel's most difficult conversations that he's had in his lifetime. Now remember, if you're new with us, uh, the, this, um, the sessions that we're, we're doing on Daniel, the first six chapters are on narrative, they're kind of like historical uh, works, and then six to 12 are all prophetic. 6 to 12, many of these chapters are recaps of what had, ha had already happened during Daniel 1 to Daniel 6. And by the time we get to Daniel chapter 8, we start finding, about, finding out about, finding out, we find, start finding out about the coming of God, about his return. And chapter 7 we talked about last week, and that was an, an amazing chapter. Chapter 8 uh, this week is the coming of God and, and whether or not it's going to be rescue or ruin. For some, they're going to be looking forward to God's coming back. For some, they're going to be wishing he never came back. The book of Revelation is full of this kind of imagery where you have a group of people that say, even so come Lord Jesus, while another group of people are angry because he, his, he is coming back and his wrath follows him, his judgment on sin. In this particular uh, passage of scripture in Daniel chapter 8, we are in the third reign of King Belshazzar. Remember this guy? So here we go, Daniel 8 and verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after that which appeared to me at the first. This is, a, this is actually, Daniel 8 is a recap of Daniel chapter 7. 
The date is about 550 BC before Jesus Christ, 500 years before. Cyrus has just established himself as the major king of the Persian Empire, first aligned with uh, Medo-Persia and then kind of moved into a more prominent place of authority 